Hey, who made you a disc jockey? Welcome from all of us to all of you. If you want to know how glad we are to have you with us, just you listen. Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlives podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. It's episode 129. We are not dead, despite <laughs> the best efforts of microbes and work deadlines and... Report, oh, reports to the contrary. Yeah, all kinds of reports <laughs> to the contrary. Uh, first of all, I want to apologize. The missed shows over the last few weeks are my fault. And they're my fault because I've had this big work project that I've been working literally all weekend on for about three weeks up until last week. It was, you know, get up and do eight or ten hours of coding and do the same thing on Sunday. And I would just be fried for a couple of the days. And the same thing happened last week. Plus, Amanda and I were starting to get sick. Somehow, one of us always brings home, you know, we work around adults. Amanda has some children about, and they're just vectors of terrible infection. Filthy, filthy little vectors of infection. And yeah, everybody I work with, you know, they all have kids because they're stupid and clearly don't like having disposable income. <laughs> so <laughs> there's always a cold coming in the house. And this was a weird one because it came on kind of strong Sunday, and then uh, it wasn't too bad, and then it hit me. It came back on me. Like a boomerang. Yeah, I thought I was done with it on Tuesday. I went into work, and by Tuesday night, it was like a drunk guy who suddenly remembered why he was pissed at me and turned (laughs) out, oh, yeah, you fucking... Oh, it it was two days of barely being able to work from home. So if my voice sounds funny, I'm, I'm just barely getting over it. Uh, it was. I didn't drink all week. Oh God! I know you're willing <laughs> just, to like make that statement in public. Well, it's okay because I feel better enough now that I'm taking the cure from uh, the fine folks at Berkshire Brewing Company and their Steel Rail Pale Ale, which at this point uh, it, is not going to put me in a position where I feel worse. I I actually got over this one, Knockwood, remotely. Not mo- remotely. That's not the word I want. Relatively quickly. Well, uh, fuck you too. Well, no, <laughs> for for me, because usually if I get a cold, then I have a cold for the next month. That's true. It's usually the the deal is we both get them and I get over them quick. And Amanda, yeah, has symptoms for forever. This one, you were basically okay by like Wednesday or Thursday. Well, no, I was I was dealing with it through the week, but it, it was managing to not linger quite as bad. Normally, and, and I do have some symptoms to this effect right now. I'm blowing my nose enough that it looks like I have a coke habit. Like I've just started to bore a hole between. Yes, looks like. <laughs> Um, anyway, so knocking wood, things seem to be relatively okay at this point. You were good. You you used NyQuil and, and Sudafed and, and all of those other... I damn near freebased all that shit. I did whatever I had to do. I tried to knock this out with scotch, which actually seemed worked, to work pretty well. It worked out. I'm trying that next time. Normally, that's my method. It's Jack Daniels, but uh, yeah, this time, no, I tried to be good. It's a like, oh, relatively new job. I have to, Oh, no, I was on my ass. But the other problem, it's, and this week's show was going to be our big comeback to full length, like almost two-hour shows, because we were going to do... Uh, Luke Cage debuted on Netflix, so even up until last night, it was, yeah, all right, we're going to get through those, we're going to do a whole show on Luke Cage. The problem was, even after all this side work that I've been doing for my job, I said, great, I'm done with it, the project's submitted, 
but I have to be on call every four or five weeks, and this week was my week to be on call. So in its own way, it's like, okay, good. I can't start drinking until late anyway, cause so we'll, I can watch the episodes and take notes sober. And yeah, we got up through episode five, and Amanda went to bed, and I was like, all right, finally, I can have I can have a beer and go to bed. It's one forty-five in the morning, and my fucking phone rings. A and, beer. It's like, I don't even know you. Oh, trust me. It wound up being about eight, because <laughs> yeah, the phone rang at quarter of two, and I was working until five o'clock this morning. So, yeah, the, there were not enough hours at that point to even finish Luke Cage. <laughs> so that will hopefully be next week's show, because <laughs> the five episodes we've seen, I enjoyed them a lot. I've enjoyed them as well, what I remember of them. I, yeah. I, I was I, feeling well enough that I moved to red wine last night, and I had two whole bottles. <laughs> yeah, well, don't worry. I took detailed notes on the first uh, five episodes, Excellent. and now we've got all week to loop back and, and watch it again. I, I haven't seen enough of it yet to be able to rank it with the Daredevils and mm. Jessica Jones, which is still, Jessica Jones is still my favorite of the Marvel Netflix series. Yeah. But it's been pretty solid so far. But yeah, we were hoping that was going to be this show. And then, uh, no, not only were there not enough hours to watch the rest of the episodes, you know, when you're up until five and then I slept until 10 on the couch because I couldn't go to bed because the cat took my place. And he becomes very consternated and cross with me when I try to move him while he's sleeping. And I like having the use of my hands and my blood vessels. He's just decided that he is alpha. Uh, And he's probably right. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I fall within this house. There's Amanda, a seven and a half pound black cat, and I sleep on the couch. (laughs) We're looking to upgrade the couch. Uh, Yeah. Jesus Christ, why can't I find the thing that I want? There it is. Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. <laughs> Sweetie. So, uh, I, I celebrated this week uh, in, in the ramp up to Luke Cage by creating a new sim in Pleasant Valley, or Sunset Valley. Uh, he's the purple man. <laughs> oh, the, the sim. <laughs> yes, uh, Amanda has uh, a, a semi-recurring problem with The Sims 3 <laughs> on Windows. That's not a problem, habit (laughs) (laughs) at 2 a.m it's a fucking problem (laughs) so i'm just waiting for him to to have enough of a of a background and and skill set that i can i can introduce jessica jones into the household no what you want him to do you created a purple guy (laughs) because you're hoping he'll do enough fucking in simville that everybody (laughs) will turn purple before christmas Don't tell me what you're doing. This is a genetic marker that you're creating. It's an experiment. In your, yeah, in your bizarre social experiment <laughs> in The Sims 3, where Tuesdays is Incontinence Day. I'm so lonely. <laughs> hey, I'm right here. <laughs> so, yeah, unfortunately, this is still going to be yet another, and I apologize for it. It's my fault. Hopefully, it's done with after this, except on an occasional basis, because normally when I'm on call for my job, I don't get called, so it doesn't affect the show at all. Uh, This long-term weekend work that's been getting in the way of being able to do anything but say, uh, uh, I don't know, what are we going to do for a show? Two hours before we tape. That should be out of the way. But yeah, it fucked this week all up, so it's going to be another live-to-tape show uh, with my voice sounding like, yeah, I've been doing rails all week long. You sound fine. Oh, yeah, he, clearly, yeah, I have the shitty headphones, is what you're saying. <laughs> oh, no, it sounds like there's concrete behind my eyes. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be another week of talking about a few comics, but uh, at this point... You have them grouped thematically this week. Well, it's it, because as I was going through, and I haven't even read even close to all this week's take, because, yeah, when I haven't been working, I've been unconscious, but... 
the ones I I went through all the Marvel books that are related to Civil War that we had in our take, and mm. it's we're at a point in Civil War where, and I've sort of said it semi facetiously as we've gone through the event, but we're we're about six months into it now. Yeah. The first Civil War two story was Free Comic Book Day. That was April. That yeah. was the beginning of May. Yeah. So now we're at the beginning of October. So we're about five months into this story. With God as my witness, I have no idea how they're going to rehabilitate. The, Most of these characters. Yeah, Captain Marvel, uh, Black Panther in particular this week, it struck me. But the whole pro-predictive justice side, the way they've written it is so one-sided and clearly, in most cases, just wrong-headed and they're setting people up. And I don't know how they rehabilitate these characters that are, in the case of Captain Marvel and Black Panther, A-list characters with movies on the horizon. I know. <laughs> that they're turning into monstrous fascists who set people up and arrest them like without playing, due process. They're playing chicken with the movie deadline. <laughs> I guess. And it's it's weird how it's uh, this this event feels worse and more one-sided with people acting out of character than even the first Civil War did. And I didn't think that was fucking possible. So it's all three of the books we're talking about. Are, obviously, there's no new... Uh, the, the latest... Civil War issue, uh, I think it was last week, so we didn't yeah. get a chance to talk about it. But that one had the uh, the flash forward of Miles Morales. Uh, that Ulysses had the vision of Miles Morales killing Steve Rogers. So, of course, Captain Marvel immediately fucking arrests Miles Morales. <laughs> so that's where we're at at this point for this week's Civil War II tie-ins. There's a lot that is problematic with this particular event. <laughs> and they get into more of it. I mean, we're start talking about the books. They they start you know, how 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 far can they go profiling? That's the the line they're walking up to in Captain Marvel 9 this week. It's yeah, it's a line they're almost walking up to everywhere. It's how far can you push people and it's okay to set them up and everything becomes self perpetuating and it, a, a self fulfilling prophecy. That, and that they actually said that a couple of times in in I think all of these books. Yeah, it's clearly a theme that they're going for. You know, and that's a big weighty story idea. Is it the big weighty Philip K. Dickian the concept of are we're examining free will versus predestination that I've been on record as hoping Civil War could be? No, we're getting far more Captain Marvel as a douche. And <laughs> Yeah, I mean you could make the generous argument that they're they're exploring existential angst, you know, the whole Genet. Well, they said I was gonna be a thief, so I, I did just to spite them. <laughs> I, I know what the problem is. <laughs> Actually that doesn't really apply. It doesn't really apply one, to this one. Oh. No, did the Dio's doing all right. It's yeah. <laughs> it's a shame because there was one rebirth uh, Titans uh three, I think it was, came out this week. With and it's the first book with honest to God, just flat out. Ooh, is this Watchmen imagery? And I was just filled with hate <laughs> on the toilet with nobody to talk to because you'd already gone to work. Filled and then, with hate on the toilet. That, exactly. It's possible. It's a possible title. There you go. But, and I was all alone, and I forgot to tell you to read this one because uh, again, uh, I've been exhausted, and we thought it was going to be the Luke Cage show this week. Oh, dear. <laughs> Excuse me while I hork up a lung. Yeah, please don't die. I got to the mute button in time, but it probably came through. We have more than one microphone on this show. Yeah, it's just, it's been a 
toward the end of the show, I want to talk more about how they can possibly rehabilitate some of these characters. But do we want to talk about the individual books first? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me like I've got a plan. I have some notes and a microphone. And it's a like, dream. all right, and hey, kids, dream. we're putting on a show today. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, you want to talk the books or you want to talk more about Civil War for a bit? Or No, let's talk about the books because I, I think... I think it's easier to get into the overall themes if we talk about specifically what we've seen in these books this week and then relate it back. Yeah, and the weird thing is there's nothing really uncommon in these books from almost the beginning of Civil War. No, but let's 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 just again put on put on the edge of everybody's radar. In the last official Civil War book, they preemptively arrested a young Hispanic male. Yes. Who otherwise has no criminal record and has done nothing wrong. That is, it is an interesting choice that has to be, it has to be on purpose that Bendis and whoever meets the ragtag ranks of Marvel architect these days, yeah. now, that, uh, now that half of the original Marvel architects from four or five years ago have left. Bendis and Filthy Manny. <laughs> Don't bring Filthy Manny into this mess. He's done nothing to you. But... It's a conscious choice to have legacy, old school, popular characters with a uh, with a presence not just in comics fandom but uh, throughout the world at this point with the Marvel movies. A conscious choice to have these characters specifically alienate and push aside, if not arrest, younger characters designed to appeal to younger readers who also are the prime demographic of buying movie tickets. You can't replace me. I'll preemptively arrest you first. <laughs> <laughs> That's possible. Maybe this is the last days of Miles Morales. I'd hate to see that. But I, it, it, clearly it was an obvious choice because we get the champions coming out. Yeah. Champions 1 is next week. Right. And that's got, yeah, Ultimate Spider-Man and Totally Awesome Hulk and Ms. Marvel and Viv from The Vision, mm -hmm. uh, which uh, do remind me when we do the Crises Awards, that's that's still my front runner for best book of the year. Okay. But, uh, and, and who else? Uh, the time-traveling uh, Cyclops. So it's all, all the young characters are going to be in this team Clearly, because of the events of Civil War two months before that event is over, so I'm sure it'll be a wonderful high wire <laughs> act of them trying not to give away what the fuck happened, considering right. Miles is under arrest this week, uh, and uh, just about everybody else is in trouble. Yeah. But it's clear that was a conscious choice, and I'm not sure that makes any sense to me. It's Marvel, baby. It's Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> Forget it, Jake. It's Marvel. <laughs> it's not Chinatown music, but I don't have Chinatown music. God damn it! <laughs> but yeah, sa save that for when we get to totally awesome Hulk. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's there are moments for that one. Yeah, there's there's some hard traveling in that one. Yeah, it's on a scooter. That's a hard way to go, no matter what you do. It's just so inefficient. He's the Hulk. He could bound and go further. <laughs> uh, true, but uh, wind in his hair on his Vespa. Which goes 25 miles an hour. <laughs> Born to be wild. <laughs> you just play the sad Hulk music and put a picture of the Vespa. Up. Just <laughs> uh, at, least, yeah. at least David Banner hitchhiked. <laughs> but before I, I drop the topic, I mean, can you see any logic in having the, this complete class of heroes that have been 
introduced and generally oh Nova was one of them also yeah yeah uh, introduced and generally very popular uh, Nova not so much even though I've been buying it all along and that's just a, a character that's hard to fuck up the various creative teams that have been on that have made it fun all along yeah up until the latest one that I think is the last it's at least intimated it's the last Sam Alexander one because the preview indicates Richard Rider's coming back. Yes. Yeah, I mean, what can the, possibly be the purpose of, great, all these young characters that now we've, right after Secret Wars, put them on the Avengers and made them parts of Kiba. Now let's split them off and put them over here. It just, I don't, I'm not sure I get it. I, can can I, you see any logic in it? It's, it's like they're trying to placate everybody. This way we keep everybody in play, and if these guys are over here doing their own thing in Champions, then... The people who are bitching about the fact that these young upstarts are taking over these characters can still follow their Captain Marvel or their Spider-Man over in the formerly known as 616. I don't know. I guess, but all those characters are so fucking good, and Mark Wade's all new, all different. I think it's all new. There's so many fucking Avengers titles. <laughs> I think Mark Wade was doing all new, all different Avengers. The Mark Wade one. I liked those <laughs> characters. In them. So to have them split off, it's kind of a bummer. But they'll figure it out. They'll I figure guess. it out. I'm, just, I'm trying to see logic behind it, and I'm just uh, I'm not seeing it. Wouldn't it? If you've got a, a young female reader who loves Ms. Marvel, don't you want her maybe to also pick up Avengers and start to like other of your key characters? But then, then there's the 40-something white dude who's pissed off at everything, and, and don't you have to placate him too? Nobody, <laughs> nobody placates me. <laughs> That's not true. Everybody fucking play case of me. I'm just, fuck you. I'm sick. <laughs> Excuse gets you out of everything. <laughs> no, I mean, I think with this book here, they, they've got to figure out with this event um, the fact that you're, you're clearly showing the older characters are trying to say, oh, no, we've got this technology and we can handle it. We know what we're doing. We've lived through history, even though we're seemingly ignoring it. And the younger characters who are saying, no, what you're doing is wrong, and they're representing the popular voice of, of those who have social justice concerns, and rightly so. So now they have to reconcile how you move forward. That actually makes a lot of sense. I can get behind that. Look, I've been on a lot of drugs this week. <laughs> some of them fun, some of them not. But So, yeah, the, the problem with that, as we'll discuss when we get into the books, is it, it causes these legacy characters... Captain Marvel, Black Panther, to to behave in ways that are, are simply not heroic and and not worthy of being the role models that these younger characters have been looking up to. Yeah. And the it, younger characters are realizing that with a certain amount of heartbreak. The the thing that keeps striking me and it's kind of stayed it's weird that it's kind of stayed out of Dan Slott's Spider-Man because he's ramping up to the what is it the clone conspiracy yeah. dead no more. It's an event I'm trying to put out of my head because Fucking clones, man. Why did it have to be clones? Send in the clones. Stop that. <laughs> there are two. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Stop that. be clones. <laughs> Don't bother. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, we're not getting a lot of the Civil War II stuff in that. And in a way, it's a shame because the way Slot has written Spider-Man for the last five, six years makes makes his the fact that he is what is clearly going to be on the wrong side of Marvel history. Mm. Captain Marvel's side is not going to, you you can't have characters arresting people for no reason. Right. You know, and in some cases, literally no reason. We'll see in one of these books, it's a literal, you're for me or against me. Oh, you're against me? Then you're under arrest. Well, and, and also, 
I mean, we may as well start talking about Captain Marvel 9, I think. Okay, um, let me rearrange my notes. Because you have a moment where um, they've sent... They're, they're trying to, to play nice with... The Canadian government is being made out to be the bad guy here. <laughs> and Aren't they always <laughs> those motherfuckers? And, and Danvers, at the very least, is trying to, to walk the line where they're placating those who want to do something about... It's nebulous. Do something about people who are coming up as flagged red in their predictive justice system. They're doing this profiling thing. They're having Ulysses sort of take in all of this information. Before we go any further, this is Captain Marvel 9, written by Ruth Fletcher Gage and Christos Gage, with uh, art by... uh, Tony Silas. Tony? Tony? What kind of parents would name their kid that? T-H-O-N-Y. Is that Tony? I'm going to go with Tony. Why not? Silas. Silas. That one I get. So Ulysses is being put to work to create these predictive justice profiles. And the problem with it, in addition to it being profiling, is they're going specifically after uh, characters who have previously had a criminal history, even if they're rehabilitated. They're also looking at um, individuals with histories of mental illness um, and and other things that might make them non-typical players. And there's a real human rights issue at play in terms of why would you keep somebody under surveillance or lock them up when they haven't done anything yet, especially if they've been making steps forward towards trying to have a better life despite past missteps? Yeah, this is the one issue and arguably the one book in Marvel right now that tries to give some nuance to Carol's motivations. Yes, well, that... It's her book and her point of view, so one would hope. <laughs> yeah, but, but the problem is it doesn't – it provides some nuance, but it in no way makes her sympathetic or look right, at least not to me. Number one, we've got you – know, I'll grant you she's showing a certain amount of unwillingness to just unilaterally profile everybody. Right. Up until this issue, uh, yes, I'm profiling supervillains. I'm even profiling dead supervillains. Because they come back like a bad penny. Right. <laughs> and in certain cases, uh, we're getting uh, some hits from Ulysses, but we're putting those people under surveillance as opposed to just unilaterally pulling them off the board. And this is the one book I think I've read that that was happening because everything we see everywhere else is... They're just getting pulled off the board. Yeah, she shows up with you know her Americops and slaps them in irons. And drops them in a cell. Right. And and the the Canadian government is pushing back because they'd rather not have surveillance. They would rather just round everybody up because then they know where they are. Yes, which is a uniquely Canadian <laughs> way of doing things. <laughs> well, and then, and then this is the funny part because one of the, one of the individuals, uh, a person of interest they, they have been profiling is Magneto. And Magneto, well, finds out, <laughs> Magneto finds out about the drones that have been surveilling him and he reacts as you would expect Magneto would. He turns them into twisted piles of metal and drops them at Danvers' feet and then reminds them about, you know, Hitler. (laughs) Yeah, it was a very Magneto performance. The very fact predictive justice, the first thing you do, whether you have, if you decide you're preemptively arresting people, if Magneto's not one of the people that you go get, regardless of whether Ulysses can <laughs> knows his name, has ever seen him, could pull him out of a lineup, Magneto, you you you, you put an arm on just to be on the safe side, I think. <laughs> True, uh, but you know, this time when Magneto points out that we're not learning from history, and this is you know very similar to what happened in Germany when he was living there, 
um, Danvers is very derisive about, oh, it's the guy who compares everything to Hitler again. Like, yeah, there's a reason we bring up history. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, everybody's the hero of their own story. Right. Of course, Captain Marvel thinks she's right. Yeah. But it's, it's, if, she, if, if, we're, if we're to say that the individuals, your, your, your Captain Marvels, your Black Panthers, um, the others that fall on the, on the pro-predictive justice side, if they're supposed to be the middle-aged adults in the world and they're not listening to their elders and also ignoring the concerns of the younger generation, it's an indictment, they're basically saying, of anybody who's roughly our age. <laughs> well, we suck. <laughs> Look, I'm a drunk, and I shouldn't be allowed any responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> I used to say all the time, you give me any power, I'll abuse it like Caligula. I shouldn't have it. Don't give me power over people. That's stupid. Well, and I think that's sort of the argument they're making here about the, the system as it is. Well, particularly the system as it is right now, because even Captain Marvel is facing pressure to expand things. Right. It tries to provide some nuance but it, it doesn't make her sympathetic. Number one, there's the arrogance. Yes. Right up front in a couple places in this issue, the, the big threat that she gives everybody is, I'll stop administering this and see how it goes. Like, I'm the only one who can possibly be entrusted with this power. Right. You know, and I'm the person who's going to save everybody. People who say that are, are, are at best blind to themselves, at worst a fucking seriously dangerous person. Yeah, and that's what they're they're trying to show. Because after a certain point, there's going to be influences at work that are going to sway your choices, and it, some of those influences can be your own arrogance, but it can also be people who are who are willing to exploit your arrogance, as we see here when we have the reveal at the end, because. Um, Aurora, who's on her team, apparently has struggled with past personality disorders. And they've made a whole point of she is willing to support Danvers in her work, but has serious concerns about how they're abusing the human rights of people who have been suffering from mental disorders as a result of this profiling experiment. So when Ulysses, who comes on board their magical space camp or wherever the hell it is they are in outer space uh, um, yes immediately flags aurora as being a threat to danvers danvers and, and again here's where it's problematic regardless of how everybody has been working and their past history this just because ulysses says a thing all of a sudden everything goes out the window and what would otherwise have been a conflict probably avoided has now become a problem because yeah. ulysses said so yeah this is uh one of the more, and there are, there's more than one example of self-fulfilling prophecy yeah. in the books we're talking about this week. Exactly. Because what Ulysses says is not, Aurora's a threat. What Ulysses says is, you and Aurora are going, I see you fighting. That's it. Yeah. You but know. Danvers takes it to the fucking nth degree. And, and to be fair, she had just learned that, uh, oh, there's some kind of mole uh, who at least appears potentially there's a mole who's potentially feeding information uh, about Alpha Flight to Tony Stark. Yes. So immediately after that, she you know, he get, she gets this well, non sequitur piece of information that is not in any way related except based on the timing, and she immediately escalates things to a point where of course that's what's going to happen, or seemingly to Tony Stark because we find out the big bad that's watching everything at the end is actually one of her government bosses back in Canada. Oh, yeah, Bolio. Yeah, yeah. one of the Canadians. <laughs> so, they're, they're Canadian government's ruthless, man. When I was a kid, 
We cross the Canadian border at Niagara Falls, and there's big signs that say, do not bring oranges, do not bring fruit into the country. And we had oranges in our cooler, and they tased my dad's balls for 45, no, <laughs> they didn't, but I was, I was terrified as a child when I realized we were crossing the border, and my dad said, nope, nothing to declare. I'm like, oh no, we're going to Canadian jail. <laughs> you know what they do duty in Canadian jail? They give you national health care? They, they give you poutine and labats, <laughs> and I'm only eight. I can't have that. I want to go to Canadian jail. <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, yeah, so it, it becomes so. Yes, the mole is completely in a different direction. <laughs> She's, you know, looking in the, and it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. So yeah, I mean, and, and that's one thing. As soon as it, it reaches a point where Ulysses says, I'm going to quit. No, Aurora uh, says, I'm going to quit. Aurora, sorry. Aurora says, I'm going to quit. And Danvers immediately takes the position of, okay, you're under arrest. Yeah. Her teammates, who nobody said anything about. Yeah. Nobody said they've seen them doing shit. And frankly, nobody has seen the fucking Sasquatch do shit since 1988. Nobody, Sasquatch isn't on anybody's radar. <laughs> but Sasquatch and Puck say, well, we're on her side. Okay, you're under arrest too. Yeah. There's no sympathy. That is a blind person who's mad with fucking authority. That's, that's, that's a teacher who's lost control of her class. You have detention. All right, now you have detention. You all have detention. <laughs> yeah, and it's I give the gauges credit in showing up front, all right, clearly she's under stress and has not had a chance to stop and think and is just going and going and going. And as somebody who has basically worked 29 out of the last 30 days, yeah, it takes it out of you. And certainly uh, I don't have to deal with interstellar threats. <laughs> Uh, there's one or two of my coworkers smell like they come from some other planet, but that's a. Are so they far, purple? They have not applied uh, tasers to my balls <laughs> or force pulsars or anything like that. But it's, uh, I, I kind of get that. But at the same, yeah, that's somebody who's uh, fuck it. My word is law. My and that's a dangerous fucking person. That's a fucking supervillain. Yeah. If Ulysses had gone to Captain Marvel at the beginning of Civil War Two and said, "I see the future, and I have a vision of someone." arresting people and throwing them in jail without due process, using whatever force is necessary, whether they've done anything or not, she'd have cracked her knuckles and said, let's go get this pig. Yeah, exactly. So, and I'm, part of me is guessing at some point Ulysses is going to see, uh, I have a vision of uh, of you on a throne next to Dr. Doom, or it, it'll be ham-fisted or some shit. Yeah. But I'm guessing that's something that's going to come up to make her realize, oh no, I'm not like them. Yeah, no, but no, she'll have a full like falling down with Michael Douglas moment. I'm the fucking bad guy. Like you've had no idea. Well, you shot up a McDonald's. Yes, you're the bad guy. (laughs) That movie is so awful. (laughs) That movie is glorious, and you and I will fight later. (laughs) That that movie is the fucking anthem of the angry wimpy white guy. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Jesus Christ. So you had a bad day. Where's my whiskey funnel? <laughs> you know, I can't get an egg McMuffin after 10.30. I'm sorry you lived in the past, Mr. Douglas. You can get him now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've gone far afield. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, those two things. And yeah, she's she's very quick to negotiate with uh, Bolio and Hank Gyrich. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, we want to put surveillance on our political enemies. Uh, no, I can't do that. Okay, well, how about just superheroes who have a criminal record? Okay, I'll do that. That's... Yeah. This, this is... is my line in the sand. No, this is my line in the sand. <laughs> yeah, so this is not a character I'm in any way behind. I've gone past wanting to see 
Amadeus Cho punch her in the face. <laughs> I want her in the dock in the hog. I, I want her fucking yeah. arrested and thrown in irons. This is a threat to civil liberties in the 616. Exactly. This is not a superhero. I, and she's got a movie coming out. Poor Brie Larson has to be picking up her <laughs> brand new take at the comic store. She goes to Meltdown going, boy, I buy comics. I'm playing what? <laughs> Son of a bitch! <laughs> Chris Evans didn't say it was going to be like this. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm, I'm, I'm playing, yeah, I'm playing Hitler. <laughs> playing blonde, leotarded Hitler. Son Jesus. of a bitch. <laughs> In any event, it's, there's, there's a problem when you have to put these characters through such contortions, I guess. Because it, it begs the question, was this always there, or are they just adding these as character traits? And it feels like they're adding them as character traits. It's, it absolutely feels like it. Uh, you know, we'll talk more about Black Panther when we get to Totally Awesome Hulk. But yeah, you know, everybody, including us, made fun of Mark Millar. You know, it's oh, you had to make Tony Stark do this to make the story and make any sense. Yeah. You now, and at the start of Civil War too, it's like oh, well, thank God it's Bendis. He's really good with characters, and that's not you know that's not a thing that's going to happen. Well, it's fucking happened. All these characters are acting in in ways that. Even if you argue, no, they're not that far off. Captain Marvel was about military and discipline and chain of command. And okay, you can make that argument, uh, how that leaps to. And yes, I'll become the top cop and uh, allow all my friends to hate me because... uh, Because this is more important. Because Rhodey was killed and She-Hulk got beat up. Yeah, well, and there's... And we'll we'll get to that with one of the other books is how how much of... The, the deaths and and maimings of people she was close to, how much of that is impacting her judgment. And she's making this all about the mission because, well, at the very least, I have that military mindset to fall back on. If I just make this mission forward, then at the end of, when the mission is done, but when is the mission done? Well, <laughs> yeah, and I I was bringing up the point earlier, and I think I sort of drifted off and got far afield because, you know, it's Sudafed and Steel Rail. You mm. know, does not great for your brain. But Are you seeing frogs yet? Uh, <laughs> I'm not covered in them, if that's right. what you're asking. <laughs> but Dan Slott, uh, over the last few years, has written Spider-Man in a way, you know, his motto is, no one dies. He reached a point where he failed a couple times and said no one... So at least the way Dan Slott has has written Spider-Man, it has years of sense for Spider-Man to throw in with Carol Danvers. Yeah. It's like, okay, this stops people from dying. That's my thing. I will go along with this. Yes. But at the same time, I have to take a step back and go, Jesus Christ, in a Brian Michael Bendis-helmed event, Spider-Man is throwing in with the fascists. Yeah. That feels wrong on every level. <laughs> it just does. It does. Because Spider-Man is the one who's who's saying obnoxious quips to Doc Ock when he wants to get all fascist. <laughs> Spider-Man spent N years swinging past Daily Bugle billboards that say threat or menace, arrest Spider-Man. Right. With nothing that he had done being evidence of wrongdoing, but at least Slot has written it in a way no one dies, therefore... I have to, my morals say this is the right thing to do since it will protect innocent life. Right. Now, I, I don't disagree, but that's also why it makes it that much more heartbreaking that back in the most recent Civil War II, uh, Miles Morales, threat or menace, doesn't matter, we're going to arrest you. <laughs> exactly. It's a, there's so much, it just it started to feel wrong about this event, and I had high hopes that we'd get some high-minded science fiction and... 
I don't know what the fuck we're getting. <laughs> we're, we're getting a commentary on social justice is what we're getting. Yeah, I know, but it's it's the same the same using the entire 616 as a commentary on 9-11 mania in the first civil war mm-hmm. means that characters have to act in ways that don't make sense. And take a long time to rehab back from. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, it took Matt Fraction, who's an extremely talented writer, a year to reboot Tony Stark's brain. To Literally re- reboot his To brain. rehabilitate that fucking character yeah. in Marvel Comics. It's, I don't know what... I don't know. I don't know how they're going to get past this. We'll we'll talk a little bit more. We got a couple more books to talk about. Okay. Which one do you want to do next? I've got um, totally awesome Hulk underneath this as the next one. Okay. I've done this completely out of order from what you had done. <laughs> uh, completely. Yes. All right. All right. All right. So uh, totally awesome Hulk uh, number ten, uh, written by Greg Pak, art by uh, Mahmoud Asrar. Okay. Um. So yeah, it's a, the book opens Amadeus who had at least, and that's the one thing that is completely unclear, it is very clear and has been for several months in Totally Awesome Hulk that Amadeus Cho cured Bruce Banner. Yes. He was cured. Yep. They wanna, they make it ambiguous in the other books. So, oh, maybe he wasn't cured, maybe he was. Maybe so he was experimenting on himself. What if it came back? Yeah, well, and, and we, we do see some signs, uh, I forget which books this week, where uh, somebody set Bruce up to... Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe say, oh, here's something where I can at least run a few tests yep. to make them run some experiments. But it's in, within the scope of Totally Awesome Hulk, he was cured. Yes. Period, full stop. So yeah, Amadeus is pissed and he's on Clint Barton's trail to do something. We don't know what. <laughs> yes. And even Amadeus denies that he knows what. There's a good chance it's not going to be good. But it might be. It's he's not a hundred percent sure. So yeah, now we have Black Panther on Amadeus's trail, and none of it fucking goes well. No, it, there are times where T'Challa falls back on this because I'm the king. That's why. And there's that arrogance piece with it. And I, I hate it when the character goes that way. And this entire book goes that way. Yes, T'Challa. <laughs> T'Challa is the worst king in <laughs> Marvel history. In rapid succession, he's on what I think to all readers is clear, the wrong side of Civil War II. Yep. This is immediately after being one of the Illuminati who failed to stop the incursions causing the destruction of the Marvel Universe. Yes. This is, uh, that happened immediately after as King of Wakanda failing to stop Namor from destroying his fucking kingdom it's almost like he's got something to prove yeah in Avengers versus X-Men if if T'Challa if T'Challa T'Challa makes wrong an art form he is always (laughs) fucking wrong if T'Challa told me hey how about some dinner you might have to intravenously feed me to stop me from dying of starvation if T'Challa told me the World Series was in October I, I would look it the fuck up he is the worst. He is literally, for the last five years in Marvel history, he is the worst. He's just awful. Whatever he says is wrong. So, I agree so with you. So, bad king or the worst king? I wasn't clear there. Oh, he's, he's uh, never mind. I'm not going to get political on this show. He's he's a worst. We'll go with worst. But And also, with this book... 
there's a certain element at play. Amadeus Cho is well known as, as one of the greatest minds in the world. And T'Challa also is known as supposedly one of the greatest minds in the world. So this is an ego thing for him that he's dressing up as a, oh, no, no, I just need to make the right decision for the good of all. My God, even in the book that is most likely to treat him with uh, with a, a certain amount of pity and elevate his skills yeah, in uh, Tanishi Coates' Black Panther, he's losing control of his own fucking country. He's awful. He doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground. Yeah. I think he only wears an all-black costume because he's too dumb to match colors. It's just... I knew somebody like that once. <laughs> <laughs> Like no, you're not edgy. You're you're just sad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had a mouthful of fine Berkshire Brewing Company. Like, you're not Johnny Cash. No, just stop. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, I have no faith in Black Panther either. The one thing I'll give this book is Greg Pak tries to add a certain amount of ambiguity to what's going on. Yes. This is not necessarily a case where it is cut and dried clear that, oh no, Amadeus is absolutely in the right. There is some evidence that he might be losing control when he comes out of the water uh, at the island where he thinks Clint is hiding. He clearly has a moment where he's having trouble pulling himself together and making himself Amadeus again. The minute he sees what he thinks is Clint and Clint's bow and arrows, he immediately hulks out without another word. So there is some question as to what his motivations are. And I I think Pack has written this well enough that I think those questions about his motivations fall to Amadeus himself. Mm -hmm. I don't think he knows what he's going to do. But he he clearly believes, as I think every right-thinking American who (laughs) ever... The right-thinking American who was an adult before, say, I don't know, 2001? Yes. That, uh, yeah, you should be allowed to have evil thoughts. Yes. <laughs> yes, just don't put them on social media. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, uh, even then, if it doesn't reach the area of threat, yeah, you should be allowed to think, uh, maybe I'll do this thing. You should be judged based on what you do, not based on what you think or what someone thinks you might do. And that's sort of the whole point of Civil War. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is a good issue. This is a good comic book. I like this issue. <laughs> the, and, and instead, we've got King Derp in his iron suit <laughs> setting him up to see if he'll hulk out or not. Marvel Civil War Two, King Derp. <laughs> no, uh, no, but I, there's also some points that T'Challa brings up that are ironic, particularly having read Captain Marvel 9 first. The... The idea that nobody, Amadeus Cho, according to T'Challa, should have that level of power. Nobody, Bruce never used it properly. He always abused it. He couldn't control it. Why should we think any differently of Amadeus Cho? Um, Again, it goes back to, I feel that it's very much an ego thing for T'Challa rather than an actual, I'm doing this for the good of all. Well, and there are, I can see, particularly now that you put it that way, uh, and it hadn't really occurred to it, uh, certain parallels between predictive justice and the Hulk. Yeah. Unlimited power corrupts. It looks like there's a decent chance Amadeus is losing his ability to completely control having the power of the Hulk. Mm-hmm. And clearly, as every day goes on in Civil War II, more and more people ain't done shit or finding themselves in cells because, okay, let's keep expanding this. It's working. 
So, all right, I'm respecting this book more and more, and I liked it to begin with. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a parallel there, and that's pretty cool, actually, now that I... Now that I kind of notice it. And and also, Cho has a moment where he realizes too late when he's in the thick of a battle with T'Challa at the end, who has his own Hulkbuster outfit um, that looks like a panther. And Of course. Of course. Uh, he gets a call from Maddie, his sister, who is in legitimate trouble. So again, the whole idea of Cho trying to be mission forward at the expense of his friends and loved ones because he feels he has to conf- confront Barton yeah. yeah, it's a going. He flat out says in the book, he's like, "I'm already tracking a monster," meaning Hawkeye. Right. When his sister tries to, you know, get him to come to Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Where the monsters are bigger. <laughs> uh, yes, apparently. <laughs> but it, yeah, it, again, T'Challa is behaving in such a very arbitrary. No, like, it's going to be my way. <laughs> Because I'm the king, damn it. <laughs> but T'Challa, I have your Hulkbuster jacket. Now! <laughs> we apologize, Mr. <laughs> Key and Peel. I apologize It's like sincerely. my favorite sketch they do. <laughs> In any event. Yes. <laughs> this, this book, again, it's a, a, a situation where you have somebody who is presumably older trying to demonstrate to somebody who's younger that they know better. And T'Challa isn't just doing that to chokes. We have this other character, Jason O, yes. who uh, Danvers insists on sending with T'Challa on this mission to uh, go neutralize the Hulk. And we have, to, and T'Challa is suspicious of O's motivations because he was a friend of Rhodey's. If I'm re- remembering this correctly, uh, yeah, he knew Rhodey or, or something. So it was a question of. T'Challa, you know, because T'Challa's always right. Yeah. <laughs> T'Challa being right, everybody. But <laughs> but yes, uh, said, oh no, you must be against me for some reason. Right. And there was a, a great moment in there where the T'Challa, yeah, it did his normal, but I am a king and therefore brilliant as hell and constantly dealing with difficult choices. And based on the last five years of Marvel history, constantly choosing the wrong decision no matter what i do how could you possibly think you can assist me and the correct answer should be yes with possibly a sharp blow to the head and a stop doing what you're doing right but instead it's a great moment of you know i'm a grunt i'm the guy who has to deal with your decisions yeah so yeah i think somebody like me might have a point of view that can help out so i'll be curious to see because after that after that other than accompanying black panther to find show because they they set up this honeypot i guess where cho thinks he's found barton but really it's just a hologram around black panther to look like barton oh yeah it's a, it's a complete setup but my point being that like after other than hearing from jason o occasionally all right i'm monitoring is his vitals oh no he's spiking we don't get anything else out of that kid in the rest of this book so is he going to do something decisive in totally host, totally awesome hulk 11 that helps to sway things that are otherwise going sideways because of T'Challa's bullheadedness. Well, T'Challa, <laughs> again, showing awesome decision-making, <laughs> thinks he has the technology that could stop the Hulk. Yeah. Now, if that were the case, why didn't you bring that to the battle with Bruce and make it clear you could... Well, why if Civil War had... Two doesn't happen if you can stop the Hulk. You know, shit. you know who has the technology to stop the Hulk? Amadeus Cho does. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. So <laughs> again, ego. 
ego. How dare you, young child, have better, smarter, faster inventions than me, the king? Yeah, there are. This entire event is is wrapped up in the language of current social justice battles. Yeah, uh, which are legitimate story points. They're legitimate. A lot of them are legitimate things that concern me. The problem is, it's feeling like to to get those in here, we've got characters doing dumb shit, right? And I'm not sure that does the issues a favor any more than it does the characters a favor, right? But yeah, it's a, I get it. Particularly the more you talk about it, you know, broadly, it's uh, yes, younger people with a different point of view about authority and the uses of force will think differently than the people who have had authority and the ability to use force for years and years and years. So yes, the, my earlier question of why are they taking these younger characters and alienating them, that makes story sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of story sense the more that I think about it. And again, it's part of why I like doing this show. <laughs> I, I My mind gets changed. I think of new things. It's fun to do because of that. So that makes a great story point. Is that the best thing for Marvel Comics, taking these characters and saying, oh no, we're going to push you out of the Avengers? Yeah. And that's not going to last forever, I guess. But It never does, but it always creates needless... Well, I don't know if it's needless. You spend the entire time reading the event going, ugh, this this sucks, and then, and then nothing ever changes when they get around to the next event. <laughs> yeah, at best, they, they roll it back to the status quo, yeah. even if it requires Herculean effort. Yeah. You know, high Matt Fraction, uh, <laughs> Invincible <laughs> Iron Man from a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, the best thing they can do after this is all over is go ahead and give Captain Marvel back to Kelly Sue DeConnick. Just <laughs> well, I mean, Jesus Christ. If I'm Matt Fraction and Kelly Sue DeConnick, yeah, okay, uh, I I did all this awesome stuff with Hawkeye. What? You made him a fucking murderer who had to stand yeah. trial? <laughs> I, I created Captain Marvel and made Captain Marvel f- completely move past her Ms. Marvel hit. What? She's a fascist douche? <laughs> you know, uh, how big a check do you need from Marvel to come back and fix that? <laughs> But no, it's I left it okay. It was fine when I left it. I'm gonna slide this piece of paper across the table, and you tell me if you can meet that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So three million dollars. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Who knows what Marvel will pay? They got to fix these characters before the movies come it's out. True. By God, it's true. I don't know. Yeah, it's all right. So the more we talk about it, the more I'm I'm seeing parallels and why certain decisions are being made. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure they're the best decisions to address the issues or the characters. No. Even though I'm very sympathetic to Black Lives Matter because I'm a firm believer if a cop is allowed to do it to anybody, they're allowed to do it to me. They're just choosing not to. And I don't want to be allowed to do that shit to me. Yeah. So... But yeah, it it means that, oh, Jesus, you're making me hate my escapist heroes. <laughs> it makes it hard to use it as escapist fantasy if you're spending the entire time going, ugh, why am I reading this? I hate this person. Well, and yeah, it's a, the problem is in order for it to work and be effective, it, it means I have to hate Captain Marvel. I hate Captain Marvel now. Yeah. I want bad things to happen to Carol Danvers. I want T'Challa... He should have been fucking deposed in a revolution somewhere around 2009. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's the side effect of doing this kind of story. And it didn't have to be a civil war. It could have been S.H.I.E.L.D., for Christ's sake. It could have been. Could have been. Nobody likes Maria Hill. (laughs) 
I mean, no matter how many quips Bendis puts in her mouth, nobody's going, Maria Hill! Woo! Maria Hill! <laughs> Nobody! You're right. Nobody has ever said that. So. <laughs> Except maybe Kobe Smulders. Uh, she- now, put your hands together for the man who's falling apart before our eyes! I'm got sorry. hired. I'm sorry. <laughs> before Kobe Smulders got... Yes, that's possible. <laughs> Oh, I'm just looking at my notes. To uh, yeah, I mean, uh, look. In the end, th- this is not much of a cliffhanger. T'Challa's technology, like every idea he's had since 2010, is going to fail because yeah, you can't contain the Hulk. I wouldn't trust him to build a slap chop. <laughs> <laughs> I slap it, but it doesn't chop. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> But yeah, it's going to come down to, look, T'Challa's name is not on this book. Hulk's name is on this yes. book. Hulk will make a decision to turn away and save his sister and leave this mission alone. Yes. Because, yeah, Amadeus Cho is not going to murder Clint Barton. Champions 1 comes out next week. Exactly. So <laughs> it does, it, it just, it rankles me. I'm so angry at Carol Danvers, <laughs> fucking T'Challa. It's because <laughs> they they set him up. Mm-hmm. They Chris Hansen him for Christ's sake. Yes, they did. They're just like, no, you can't do that. It's uh, this. This is Footloose with superpowers. Oh God, no, you can't do that. <laughs> and I'm gonna trick you and get you arrested. <laughs> I think the medication's taking effect. I think so. So, you want some more? Uh, well, I have the liquid medication. I think that will do uh, fine. So, all right. So, anything else on Totally Awesome Hulk? Um, no. No, now I'm just thinking of other things that I want to see T'Challa ever build. <laughs> Floby. <laughs> <laughs> it is a sham, and I didn't say wow. Oh, no. <laughs> all right, you want to move on to Miss Marvel? Let's. In its own way, this one made Captain Marvel... Just the worst. Coming out of this one, I was the angriest of all three issues, almost any issue of Civil War Two. Carol Danvers may as well have just told Ms. Marvel that Santa Claus doesn't exist and that her whole life is a lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's All right. So this is uh, Ms. Marvel 11, written by G. Willow Wilson, art by uh, Takashi Miyazawa and Adrian Alfona? Yep. Okay. So... Yeah, this is an ongoing, uh, has been an ongoing story for the last uh, few issues. Kamala had been in charge of uh, her city's cadets. Yeah, cadets for the predictive justice system. And there's a particular uh, douche uh, that she calls Basic Betty, I Becky. believe. Becky. Be- Basic, Basic Becky. Basic Becky, which is also just a general slam on, on irritating, uh, annoying women, basically. Uh, okay. You're being a Basic Becky. Not you personally, but. Well, <laughs> I'm wearing pajama pants and a flannel shirt. I'm feeling pretty basic. Let me see, let me see if I can put it in context. Um, Kim Kardashian felt that Taylor Swift was being a basic Becky when she denied that uh, she gave Kanye permission to use her likeness in some video. There, I used it in a sentence. I really wish you hadn't. <laughs> that's a thing that's in my head now. It's not coming out. Anyway. Anywho. <laughs> So yeah, Kamala has over time reached the point uh, where she's seeing there's more abusive power here and predictive 
justice is potentially causing more problem than it solves, more problems than it solves. So uh, she has decided that, particularly because uh, Bruno, her quasi could be boyfriend, uh, became injured as part of all of this, she has to find a way to stop uh, this predictive imprisonment. So she inadvisedly brings in hijinks to <laughs> fake a bomb threat, fake in air quotes, it turns yeah, out, yeah. Uh, to show you can't predict what people are going to do, and yeah, it all goes uh, badly. Right. So, But it also demonstrated uh, to a certain degree that you you can sway what Ulysses sees if you think certain things. Up to a point, uh, except... He saw a bomb going off, and a bomb did go off. Right. So it was it was not it, it, really a oh I've shown this is not correct. The ultimate confrontation between Ms. Marvel and Captain Marvel came down to not that predictive justice doesn't work, but that it causes more problems than it solves. Right. Which I respect more than if she had found some way to go. Ha! See, it was a big trick. Well, no, the trick didn't work out. Because you can't control people is the whole point. Right. It it came down to principles between the two of them. And the way Captain Marvel acted, uh, again, in irons, in in the hog, (laughs) do whatever you have to do. It really, God, it made me dislike the character. I... (laughs) And I've had Captain Marvel on my pull list since DeConnick started fucking writing it. God damn it. It's a lot to walk this character back from. and, And yeah, just generally, Kamala is conflicted. She recognizes that she's been idolizing Captain Marvel for her entire life. And now this person is behaving in a way that is so contrary to the, the woman she grew up looking up to. How, but she, she feels that, you know, maybe because of our relationship, maybe because I care so much, I can get her to see the error of her ways and she's proven wrong. And it's heartbreaking because Marvel just shuts her out and there's no goodbye. There's no... Yeah, I mean, one of the best things you can say about it is Captain Marvel doesn't arrest Kamala. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the only reason she doesn't arrest Kamala is that Kamala brought in Iron Man for backup. Uh, Very possibly. So even that's... Even with Iron Man there, my question is, you know, how much is Iron Man using her? Mm. You know, yeah, sure, I'll come do this. Yeah. Well, I... But all he does is show up. That's all he has oh, to do. One of my ears popped. That's awesome. Okay, keep going. <laughs> but that's all he had to do. What, he was going to throw down in the auto lot? to? <laughs> uh, Tony doesn't think things through. <laughs> he he think... just had to show up. <laughs> now, if T'Challa showed up, he would say, I am Regal. Fuck these used cars. And you bring a new nuclear strike. <laughs> I didn't hate T'Challa until he started doing this show. No, T'Challa, T'Challa, don't, don't crush that car. You'll hurt yourself. <laughs> it's all going to go wrong. <laughs> Um, I think that Stark sees in Kamala potential. He has so few allies at this point that if there are young, smart individuals with whom he can work, then he will have a more successful time of it than trying to go lone wolf with just his AI for company. Yeah, but he's been really pushing Miles in Spider-Man to to do stuff that Miles is not necessarily comfortable with. Well, and that's the other question. To the point where people are are saying in Spider-Man, it's like, you know, huh, the white guy's giving you orders? Well, that's that's the thing, though. So now, for the fate of the young people in these books, you know, there's all of this, you know, in, in real life, you know, how are we rallying the young folks? How are we going to get them to to 
lend their strength to our cause, but are they doing it for purposes that are not, I don't want to say nefarious, but when you see all of the people that were excited about Bernie Sanders. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then now, because Sanders is not the candidate, the Clinton campaign wanting to be like, oh, okay, so how do we get them? Well, either you have them or you don't. There's, there's got to be something about what you want to do that's going to be inspiring. So Tony's in a, in a difficult place because he, has, he sees the potential for the, the resources these young people can give him, but Tony also doesn't play well with others. He's never played well with others. So all he knows how to do is, is to give orders or, get out of, or tell you to get out of the way. Yeah, and it's interesting the more I, I think about it. Uh, Tony's point of view is always as a technocrat. Yeah. And his entire thing is, at this point, it's like, well, no, Ulysses is just using a predictive algorithm. And basically, Tony Stark is coming in on the side of, you shouldn't be able to use predictive technologies in order to profile people. Exactly. So... Yeah, it's, Tony's the guy prying the cameras off his smartphones and <laughs> pulling the microphones off and turning the GPS off, Yeah, which I really should do. Putting I, a piece of tape over his webcam. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I, I really got to start hacking my own phone. <laughs> um, Ask me how I feel about uh, NSA surveillance. <laughs> no, don't. I want to talk politics on this show. This is about the funny books. It is about the funny books. I like books, the funny books. Which are making commentary on social justice, so it's, it's sort of hard to get away from it. The... <laughs> of funny books but uh, again god damn it (laughs) yeah i tell you what the the one thing that happens after i'm done reading all of these civil war books for the most part is i go running for the the rebirth books (laughs) like i'm i'm safe here (laughs) yeah just uh just don't read titans don't read fucking titans god damn it i saw the drop of blood hit the clock i almost hit the fucking roof all right pants are around my ankles i'm alone i'm shouting at the inside of the bathroom door the cat's meowing i'm all by myself son of a bitch would you like another beer yes (laughs) i'm good i got a couple more here i'm fine but again um for for kamala she's seeing how this being on mission thing i keep this is my talking point what happens when you're on mission what happens to friends and family around you because here's the third book and so because of her choices, working with the cadets, working for Captain Marvel, um, she's alienated her mother. Her boyfriend breaks up with her at the end of this book and goes off to Wakanda. I feel bad that he feels that's the only way where he place he can go. Yeah, you're going to, uh, what like, is it, Golden City Polytech? Yeah. It, they, they'll teach him how to wind a watch. He's like, what's winding a watch? And this is the hardest technology. It's a vibranium watch. The king invented it. Don't go to Wakanda. It's, you may as well go to Trump University. It's worthless. <laughs> No politics on this show, goddammit. Um, but so Kamala now is left with, there. there's There's no reset. There's no going back. Just because you've now punched out of the thing that was fucking up your life, you still have to move forward and deal with the aftermath of your choices. Yeah, but just the, the way that Danvers dealt with her, with, you know, I you know, let you use my name. Well, number one, fuck you. <laughs> no, you use Marvell's name, motherfucker. It's true. So let, let's not even go down that path. Yeah, number two, yeah, the, the whole, I, I'm not angry, I'm disappointed that every half-decent mother has used to get you to cop to the porn under the bed or cop to the weed. It's, it's the worst thing you can say. It's absolutely... It's horrible. Honestly, it, she should have saved that line for when she was trying to work with Alpha Force. That's that's Alpha how you Flight, Alpha, yeah. Alpha Flight. That's that's what you whip out in a classroom if somebody 
that's a, that's a wrong phrase, but um, <laughs> if somebody's acting up and that you have they have any kind of modicum of respect for you, you, you pull out the God. Sometimes you can be so mature, but other times it's just just so disappointing. No, it only <laughs> it's because it only works on children. If if somebody at my job said that, I'd be like, "Fuck you." <laughs> You know, what's, you want to be disappointed? <laughs> Let's whip them out and measure them, asshole. I'll destroy that you. that phrase again. <laughs> <laughs> That's my job, everybody. For a $10 all-you-can-eat testicle fest. <laughs> Jesus. But it only works on kids. No wonder you're burnt out. <laughs> I'm very tired. I'm sick. Only one ear is unplugged. I've got Sudafed and beer. It's not speedballing, but it can't be good for you. <laughs> It's, um, it's been a show. Just <laughs> crush the Sudafed up and rub it into your gums. <laughs> no, I can't waste them because I'm already on a list for getting the real Sudafed. <laughs> give your ID. <laughs> mm. But yeah, she she does use the the time honored um, guilt inducing phrase. I'm disappointed in you. And yeah, but you know what? To give Kamala credit, she still stood. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and the line of "I will defend the people of my city, even if I have to defend them against you." That was awesome. Right. Yeah, it's a, this is a book that has slowly grown on me over the course of a, a couple of years, but it's it's close to being added to the polls. I've been grabbing it mm-hmm. probably for the last six or eight months consistently. Before that, I would get it, and it's like, oh, this is not bad. Yeah, no, this, this is a book I recommend to pretty much everybody who's looking, particularly if they've got um, kids at home, they're looking for things for them to read. I, I point them to this. Yeah, I mean, uh, what was it, a year or so ago, uh, we had a, a friend of yours... Uh, their kid was going to cat sit for us. Yes. And I was going to give her an issue, and I forget which particular issue, but an issue of DeConnick's Captain Marvel Mm. where they were trying to save what they thought was her cat. Turns out to be... You know, semi sentient, but it's a uh, yeah. Now it's a now it's a doctor on her uh, spaceship. Right, it was, <laughs> it was Captain Marvel going to save her cat. It's a uh, boy. It's a number one. It's a you know female superhero. Number two, clearly this girl like cat. She's got to take care of our cat. This would be a great thing to give a kid. My God, if I'd gotten her into Captain Marvel so that she could see her talking shit to Ms. Marvel, I'd have been a monster. Yeah, I'd have been the worst person in the world. <laughs> Here, kid. Here's an issue of Rebirth. <laughs> <laughs> Here, kid, here's Spider-Man Rain, where Spider-Man's radioactive jizz kills Aww. Mary Jane. It's better than Captain Marvel these days. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, now the, I would say um, the cool things about uh, Ms. Marvel, this is 11, and Totally Awesome Hulk 10, that's funny, 9, 10, 11, <laughs> yeah, yeah, these there issues, you go. is that they showed actually compellingly how the young folks having the differing point of view are not necessarily right, but able to try to articulate their points without necessarily trying to resort to force first to make their point. They're trying to talk it out. They're trying to do all the stuff that we adults model for them, having a civil discourse and all of that. Yeah, I don't have that. I'm like, let's get them out and measure them, mother. (laughs) (laughs) So I I I think the young heroes in these books acquit themselves quite well given the shit show that's happening around them. Well, clearly from Bendis and everybody else's point of view, uh, they're right. Yeah. And now that I've really come to terms with, uh, okay, this is really in a large percentage uh, a moratorium on Black Lives Matter versus the the use of police force and the use of <laughs> lethal force and the use of profiling, it, it, I agree with them. So they should come out better. Yeah. But it's... It, 
the way they're doing it where it's okay for them to look good, these characters have to look like yammering fascists. Uh, I don't know how they're going to get out of it, man. Yeah. And it's the the one thing I thought was cool about this. I, I got a note here in a nutshell, Kamala uh, loses the trust of her hero, uh, loses her uh, kind of boyfriend uh, and really almost doesn't win anything at all. Truly, this is the Marvel age of comics. If you look at old <laughs> Spider-Man issues from Stan and, and Steve Ditko, yeah, that's a, this is a Marvel comic, man. Yeah, actually. For the first time in a while, I really... <laughs> like old school Peter Parker wants to take her out for coffee. See? See? I understand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been there. I've been there. Tell me about your day. I, I get it. <laughs> but, but for some reason, I'm on the side of predictive justice. Got to place you under arrest. <laughs> Can take your coffee to go. We'll, we'll put a sippy straw in it because your hands will be cuffed. Yeah. So, yeah, anything else about that? Because otherwise, it, uh, they have to rehabilitate these characters. It will, it presumably. This is, this is going, it's not presumably, if you don't have the comic fans going to a Captain Marvel or a Black Panther movie, who the fuck's going? No, I, I don't disagree. They, they do need to figure out a way to rehabilitate these characters. I wonder if my, I wonder if my discomfort with watching these characters behave this way is as as much as they're writing them to behave fascist and awful when when you see something that's supposed to represent your age group your your demographic and they're in a negative light that the cognitive dissonance of no I'm supposed to be the hero in this book uh, yeah but you know what I've long come to terms with uh, generation x started being douchebags somewhere around 2005 yeah, age out of being the hero. That's just the truth. I suppose, but that, I just... Now, luckily, you age into disposable income. <laughs> so, all right, it's a trade, but okay. So in like 20 years, I get to be the Magneto group. I see, I told you. Uh, possi- <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, but uh, how do you feel about uh, baby boomers and what they did to the economy a few years ago, wiping out uh, at least my 401k? Yeah, I'm not psyched with them either. Look, it's it's American culture. If they're older than you, they suck. <laughs> right now, we're older than enough people that, uh, all right, we suck. It's true. And let's face it, Iron Man is originally, <laughs> right now, they're writing him like uh, a, an internet entrepreneur, but he was an arms dealer in the 60s. It's true. These characters are, the legacy characters are legacy. Except for Captain Marvel, who didn't exist before, what, 1975, 6? Sounds right. So, even then, all right. Yeah. They're legacy. They're truly Gen X characters, <laughs> if not baby boomer characters. So what is our takeaway from all this? Well, it's, uh, I want your opinion. How, do they, how are they going to rehabilitate them? They, they have to. At this point, I, short of this somehow goes intergalactic and they, they run into some Phoenix-level ent- entity... <laughs> Well, even, where they all have to suddenly band together and put aside their petty it, bullshit. It, it doesn't fit the story because that would mean that the authority that uses lethal uh, profiling force is correct. Yeah. And there's no way the story's going to end that way. No. So I, I, I do think that your your theory that at some point some somebody's going to make Carol Danvers look at herself in the mirror and see Dr. Doom or some other... <laughs> similar sort of entity is probably it's going to take that level of something ulysses coming to her and saying here's my vision and suddenly it's oh i would never do that i'm not the bad guy well it's a and that would potentially make her stop 
Yeah. But it wouldn't rehabilitate her. The rehabilitation of Tony Stark after the first Civil War required a brain reboot. Right. What do they do with it? The best thing I can think of with Carol is maybe Exile. Well, yeah, I mean, the, she's already got the, the space connection, so I see her leaving the planet. Yeah. I mean, the original Captain Marvel was, in a large part, cosmic stories. Yeah. So, yeah, have her leave the planet for a while and have cosmic-level stories and refine herself away from the bulk of the 616. Possibly on a planet where they are using this and she sees how wrong it is. Yeah, that's a possibility. So, I mean, self-imposed, it would have to be self-imposed exile. I can't can't imagine who the hell tells Captain Marvel, yeah, go into space. (laughs) Silver Surfer? I I don't know. Yeah, but that's about it. Um. (laughs) So, I mean, what else? T'Challa will go back to Wakanda and fail. (laughs) Just because that's what he does. Oh Maybe he'll be deposed. Um, yeah, yeah. Go back to the fucking country you allowed Namor to destroy. <laughs> the, Namor's coming back, I hear. Oh, Christ. T'Challa is wrong so fucking often he makes a stopped clock look like Reed fucking Richards. <laughs> I, have, I have a necklace that, that is basically a locket full of broken watch parts that's right more often. Than yeah. <laughs> oh, the poor son of a bitch just... He tries. He tries real hard. Spider-Man... Will or Peter Parker, Spider Man, will will go back to being, you know, the Peter Parker that we know. If this is off the table as an option, then he'll just go back to doing the best job that he can. Well, it's also it's telling that this hasn't really touched his own title because yeah. they're moving up to the clone conspiracy. Although I will say this, there is the likelihood of bad publicity from being involved in this to come back and impact him financially on his businesses. Because if people don't agree with his pro predictive justice stance, that can impact him economically. If people then don't want his services, it could, uh, I think the fact that uh, he's using technology to bring people back from the dead who will then wreak havoc, including Otto Octavius is going to have a bigger bump (laughs) on his stock price. Probably. Uh, Yeah. I mean, uh, Apple took away the headphone jack and they took a hit. (laughs) I think bringing Dr. Octopus back from the dead <laughs> might have you think? A, a slight effect on uh, the Dow Jones. Although that's interesting because, you know, if I wonder how this is going to intersect with, with the Civil War titles because you're right, this largely hasn't touched his book, but they made such a big deal in Captain Marvel 9 about, no, we're going to profile these dead people because they always come back. Yeah, but I can already, you can see that, then again, it's hard to tell, the intended timing of civil war was that it would be over by the time cl- the clone conspiracy started. Yeah. And with delays and added issues and that's not going to happen. Civil war two is not going to be over before the end of the year. Right. And we're pretty close at this point. Yeah. I mean, Otto's about ready to come back. He's ready to try to use the technology that, uh, the Jackal has. Cause yeah, in the, in the last issue of Spider-Man, he, Pretty much, he was cast out of the living brain mm-hmm. into one of the old spider bots. And he's like, I need to get this technology and get a living body to right, right, be right. put into. So it's pretty close to happening. And it's going to be happening, unfortunately, parallel with the end of Civil War Two, Like every other fucking Marvel event for the last X number of years. It's right. like, oh shit, we're not going to be ready. And yet the issues dealing with the aftermath are going to be out before it's over. God, that pisses me off. they got to plan more. I don't know how you do it. They got to plan more. It's going to be late yeah. into the schedule because it's always late. <laughs> it's late every time. It's late. It's like it's running on Wakanda time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it only comes out twice a day. <laughs> that works. 
I, I honestly, I, I'm not sure how you rehabilitate T'Challa. I mean, and part of that is just right now I'm in the mindset of he has been on the wrong side of everything for so fucking long. Yeah. Well, I think there might be a reckoning, honestly. I mean, he's had such difficulty maintaining order in his own country. It, it would not surprise me. I mean, they, in his own book, the, he's dealing with rebels that, that are unhappy with his government. Yeah, purely because of, yeah, he was unable to keep them safe. Yeah. So then to, come, to, to be on the wrong side of an international incident. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, you want to string the thing, uh, the Civil War predictive preemptive into other areas it's like well looks like you're becoming a little bit unstable there so we're gonna send in shield forces to stabilize your country and maintain our access to vibranium right and see how he deals with that that might actually be a cool story and i can i can see donnie coats maybe having some fun with something like that yeah and it could come to that i think they have to once the shoe is on the other foot with the predictive profiling, that's really the only thing that's going to be the wake-up call for those who are so entrenched in it that they feel that it's the only way to go to keep things safe. Yeah, but it's... But that's... The Marvel Universe is not the real world. And in the end, there needs to be... There will be, I think whether there needs to be or not, there doesn't need to be anything in any story. And in its own way, I'd probably respect it more if they said, oh, there's shades of gray. We're going to sort of keep it going for a little while. I don't think they're going to be able to do it because number one, the entire predictive justice is based on a single guy. Yeah. And we've seen what happens with, oh, a single guy. What happens when you kill him? We've already had it in Civil War too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Ulysses is not getting out of this with his powers or alive, I'm guessing, which will shut the door on the ability of this program to even exist. Well, and also, this is where they get to have their opportunity to, to put up or shut up with the Inhumans. I know you haven't really bought into it, but if something oh, goes wrong... Fuck those people. <laughs> ...for them, and Ulysses is with them, they, they could just withdraw entirely off-planet back to the moon or wherever the fuck it is that they live, and that might be the last we see of them. <laughs> and I'd be fine with that. They... <sighs> but that's also playing out. I mean, the, the, in, the Inhumans and the mutants are having their own throwdown and their own event coming up where finally things are going to play out as far as will the mutants continue or will it be the Inhumans? God, I hate to wish for genocide even in a comic book story, but <laughs> you can wipe the Inhumans out. I'm good. I'm good with that. That's fine. So we we have a couple of these sort of, a couple of these titles and, and series happening concurrently. Yeah. Ugh. Nobody can make me care about the Inhumans. I don't even think Marvel, I, I think Marvel's punted. I really do. I think Marvel has, you know, they pulled the Inhumans off the schedule they yep. let Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. do it, but let's face it, Marvel. But even are... that's moving away from that now, and, and now we've got Ghost Rider. Ah, <laughs> uh, Ghost Rider. <laughs> and not even the one on the motor- motorcycle. We have, we have the one on the car, because that's easier to CGI. Yeah, the one on the car without even Trad Moore drawing it, which is most of why I like the yeah. book. But, yeah, it's, I, I don't even know where Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fits into this shit anymore. I'm it's almost sure like does. a it's almost like a what if yeah <laughs> or an Elseworlds. It's you know the the movie comes out, you know whatever. What's I'm sure Doctor Strange will come out and they'll talk about Doctor Strange in November. It, and they've well they've also like started to pull from certain other areas. Like they they don't really have access to to Hank Pym properly. So they have this new guy who was introduced last season who's now um, either living with or or friends with. Um, is it Fitz or Simmons? Which one's the dude? 
Um, uh, <laughs> Fitz, I think. And, <laughs> and, and so Fitz comes home at the end of a long day of work and the guy's all like, look what I've got, look what I've got. And he, he introduced some, not exclamation point, Jocasta. <laughs> <It's laughs> oh, yeah. That was in the premiere, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's the only one I've seen this season so far. Yeah, so we've another we gotta... couple on there. We're, we're behind on things, but it's my match game habit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Amanda's got, no, she's, she's got the TiVo getting old 1970s match game episodes because once you've had four or five scotches that is still surprisingly entertaining it's so entertaining <laughs> but but the problem is you you bring like modern <laughs> modern references into it and you're so sure it's the right answer uh, i'm trying to think of an example um <laughs> i yeah we're just gonna have dead air while we stop and think of that so <laughs> oh, like blank 11 so, nine no not 1978 no <laughs> Nobody knew that. Yeah, yeah. Freshly blank fucked? No, no. <laughs> yeah, so... Delivered? Oh, why didn't I think of that? Donald blank. It's duck. Trust me, it's duck. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're a little behind because it, it's soothing after... It is. ...two or three drinks. Or Th- that's or the escapist fantasy that I need. Like, I... <laughs> Yeah, I need superheroes who aren't fascist dickheads, and uh, you need the idea of a cocktail party with uh, Brett Summers. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, all right. Do we, anything else? Uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, the weirdest part is, yeah, I don't know how you rehab T'Challa, because he's made so many bad decisions. He, I, yeah. He almost needs to have his country taken away from him. Danvers is going to have to get launched into space. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what else you do with that, because particularly in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they've done a decent job of setting it up with Guardians of the Galaxy. There's going to be another Guardians of the Galaxy uh, before uh, Captain Marvel. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you could do more. So it's, it makes sense to put her out yeah. there, I guess. Because um, otherwise, it, it, it's got to be... She's got to be, if not the hog in front of the Senate, you know, trying to explain why this, I almost guarantee you, dead kid who nobody can figure out in an autopsy how he saw the future. Huh, you imprisoned how many people based on the word of a middling 19-year-old college student? Yeah. <laughs> Help me understand this. <laughs> yeah. Which is which is the adult version of you. I'm so disappointed. God damn it. Help me understand. <laughs> if being hauled in front of the Senate is as close as you can get to that, that's why I keep a low profile. <laughs> All right. Anything else on these books or Civil War I Two? Think... It's uh, the sad thing is it really just feels like we're at the midpoint of this fucking story. Yeah, I know we're not. There's more behind us than ahead of us, but it, it, it's 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 a long, slow march to sadness. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. Every every issue, of the main event book, it's like all right, there's something cool that happens where it's like all right, this is not bad. And yeah, the the reveal of the concept that Morales could kill Captain America, particularly with all the Hydra shit going on in the background. It's like, yeah. oh, all right, tell me. I'd say tell me more about that, but we know that's not happening. Right. <laughs> so, right. yeah, it's. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm getting far more joy out of Rebirth, New Titans, accepted cut. <laughs> yeah. And, and just in, for me, reading books from other publishers, I'm digging Lady Killer. I'm really. Yeah, there's, there's great stuff out there. Southern Cross, Southern Bastards, all sorts of. <laughs> yeah. Other things that are not Marvel. <laughs> yeah, and Marvel, uh, if I remember correctly from the, the short amount of time I've had to catch up on comics news over the last couple of weeks or where I've had the energy with this code, it's uh, cold, cold. 
not, I don't have that much of a cold. I can't pronounce the L. But, you just have code on the brain from the job. Uh, yeah, DC's been winning the last couple of months. Yeah. And it's because Rebirth has generally been very excellent, except for when you... Drop of blood, huh? When you... Uh, on a clock. God damn it. <laughs> Abracadabra. His watch. A drop of blood falls on it. Oh, I see where this is coming. And somebody references, I won't go back to that cold, logical universe. I'm like... It's like you kick a door down and beat a man with his pants around his ankles. It's not cool, DC. It's not goddamn. We'll stand in the U.S. wall. It always is. <laughs> it always is. <laughs> All right. It's weird. I said this would be a brief show, but we did about an hour, almost an hour and a half. Wow. Yeah. So, see, we're, we're getting back to form. We are getting back to form. And, yeah, this weekend work Drug stuff. Drug and booze filled awful Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, the, this work stuff is damn near out of the way. I had specific subject shows I wanted to do over the last six weeks I was not able to get to uh, just because I didn't have time to, to figure them out, let alone get the, the guests that I wanted to get. So, well, hopefully, we're, we're getting more back to normal. Hopefully. That said, next weekend is... Uh, Columbus Day weekend in the United States, and we're going back to fun spot to play 80s video games. We are. But by God, we will try to find a way to get a Luke Cage show in there, because I have been enjoying it, and we, we missed doing a show on the second season of Daredevil, because I threw up. <laughs> it was a bad day. I don't think because of the show. I will say, uh, just a preview spoilers for, for the Luke Cage show. Um, go on. We can go on record as saying, already Parker the Cat has thrown up while we were watching the show. Yes. <laughs> Either Parker... Some member of the Crisis on the Infinite Midlives crew has thrown up during the watching of each Marvel show. It's now, true. normally it's Parker. It was me for Daredevil season two. Parker got it out of the way. Yeah, seven minutes into the pilot. I don't think anybody threw up for Jessica Jones. Uh, I think Parker did. Did he? Okay. I think so. so it wasn't me. Okay. Are, you, are you sure? Maybe. <laughs> so. Yes. Hopefully we're back to form. Again, it's been completely my fault. Shows have been truncated and less planned and less thought out or missed over the last few weeks. The main thing behind that should be over. If I can just get over this goddamn cold, uh, hopefully we'll be back to full fighting force. There you go. So, all right, wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. All right. So don't know where you found this particular episode, but you can always find us at our home website, crisisoninfinitemidlives.com. We are on Facebook, which I have done nothing with the last week because I've barely been able to stop my hands from shaking. <laughs> but we always get messages through there, so the Facebook page is Crisis on Infinite Midlives. We are on Twitter. Twitter mm-hmm. handle is at Infinite Midlife. We are on Tumblr. Uh, it's possible we can get a message through there. I don't think anybody's tried, and I don't pay a lot of attention, but <laughs> give it a shot. It's uh, crisisoninfinitemidlives.tumblr.com. You can find us on iTunes, and if that's how you get your podcasts, Please feel free to subscribe to us through there. And if not, uh, give us a rating. Uh, give us a ranking. It helps new people find the show. Uh, we are on Google Play. We are on Stitcher. We're on uh, TuneIn Radio. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. And you can always email us, crisisoninfinitemidlives at gmail.com. If I've ever missed anything, it's this <laughs> week. I'm in a deep haze. Did I miss anything? I think you got everything. All right. So I think that will do it. This has been episode 129 of the Crisis on Infinite Midlife show. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. Thank you for listening and sticking with us. And derp. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of a T'Challa joke, but I did all of them.
freshly blank. <laughs> <laughs> 